0: We want to welcome those of you who are joining us in the sanctuary and also welcome those who are joining us through our Facebook live streaming. We're glad that you're with us during this time of worship. If you are live streaming, it would be helpful if you would like our live stream or make a comment so we know that you're watching. We'd like to thank those of you in the sanctuary for wearing your mask. This is one of the ways that we can follow Jesus's commandment to love our neighbor. As you can see from our processional hymn this morning, today is Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week. We hope you'll join us this Thursday, Monday Thursday, for a tenebrae service that begins at 6.30 in the sanctuary. The choir will lead us in worship service of song and scripture. We'll share the Feast of Communion as we experience the evening of Jesus' arrest, trial, and crucifixion. Invite your friends and family to join us. You're also invited to join us next Sunday for the Easter Celebration Worship Service. Now, please join in the prayer preparation.
1: Let us pray and welcome God into this place and prepare our hearts for worship. Holy One, we gather here today in joy and celebration for the coming of your Son into Jerusalem. We wave our palm branches and we sing our loud hosannas and we wait in anticipation for what you are going to do. We know, O God, that this week will bring darkness, but ultimately we know there will be light. We ask, O God, that you give us the courage to dwell within both of these things, living into them just as Jesus did. This morning, O oh God, prepare our hearts to receive your message, one of love, one of grace, and one of redemption. In your most holy and blessed name I pray. Amen. seems only fitting this week to speak of faithfulness, for we are ending and nearing our, the end of our Lenten journey. And as disciples of our Lord, we remember the events of long ago when the 12 disciples disciples entered Jerusalem with Jesus, but then deserted him a few days later. We remember that in our own lives, when things go well, we often know God is with us, but when we are afraid, when we are at risk, we may abandon our faith. And so this morning, we light our candle, as a symbol of our trust in Jesus Christ that God will always remain faithful even when we lack faith. <laughs> Let us pray. Holy One, you have journeyed with us through the valley of the shadow and, we, and will see us through to the other side. Help us to remain faithful to you even in times of deepest doubt. Amen.
0: St. Paul's United Methodist Church welcomes, affirms, and extends our love to all persons, regardless of age, race, income, nationality, life experiences, abilities, sexual orientation, gender identity or gender expression all are welcome into our family
2: good morning Church for those of you who may be joining us for the first time I'm Reverend Kathy Brown and I am honored and privileged to be part of the clergy group at st. Paul's it is a time when we come together for prayer some of us have been reading Barbara Brown Taylor's uh, an altar in the world Lenten book study And one of the things she talked about was the difference between our prayers and prayer. And what she said, the distinction is, is that our prayers are our conversation with God, both listening and talking. But prayer is when we realize we are in the presence of God. And one of the things that I have realized the last few weeks is that when we are in community, whether we are in the sanctuary or at an Easter egg hunt or down at Dreamers Park having a dinner, friends, that indeed is prayer because it is in the presence of God and we fellowship. And so I just wanna tell you how much I have appreciated our fellowship time and to be watching for more of those opportunities. Will you join me in prayer? Oh gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for calling us to join together on this beautiful spring day to worship you as we grow in our love for you and in our understanding of what it means to follow your Son. Today we remember the joyous occasion of Jesus entering Jerusalem with the children waving the branches as all shouted, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest, we wish to be part of this celebration, welcoming you into our midst. Forgive us, O Lord, when we too run and hide and deny knowing Jesus in our words and actions. Give us the courage to stand firm in our faith when we experience the trials and hardships of life. And when others choose to betray him, by your strength, may we hold steadfast in your love. Lord, in your mercy and God of transformation, let the same mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus, who left all the heavenly treasures behind to become a humble human. He endured the human pain and suffering as we do and still was obedient to the point of death on the cross. His life among us today is a gift of your grace to the sinful greed and self-absorption of humanity. God, we thank you for the opportunity each and every day to turn away from the temptations that turn us away from you and instead respond to your grace that beckons us, your grace that pulls us, your grace that nudges us to walk hand in hand with you as your love for us guides us and leads us to a life that brings forth your kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. God, we thank you for this immeasurable blessing. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. And great God of all creation, we pray for the needs of all your children. We pray for safety for those who are seeking refuge from war. We pray for daily bread for those who hunger. We remember all who suffer and all who face the final mystery of death. God, hear the prayers of our hearts as we lift them to you in this moment of silence. Lord, in your mercy. And one God of all, we lift our Jewish siblings for extra care and protection. We often see an increase of violence and acts of anti-Semitism during this holy week. Change hearts of anger to hearts of love and remind all those who might be harboring misplaced anger that Jesus was indeed a faithful Jew who worshipped and taught in synagogues and temples. God, we ask that you be with our Muslim siblings who are observing Ramadan, the most holy month of their calendar year. God of Abraham. Remind us that as we express our faith in different manners, we are all your children and we are all siblings under your care and love. Lord, in your mercy. And loving God, we lift those to you now who no one lifts in prayer, knowing that not only do you know each of them by name, but you know every hair on their heads. Open our eyes, Lord to see those that so many overlook. Open our hearts to have the hearts of compassion and mercy that you showed us in Jesus' loving outreach to the forgotten and the shunned. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our praise. O crucified and resurrected God, be with us this week. We stand now and forever in need of your protection and under your mercy. Protection and mercy made real in us in your Son, the one who taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and
1: the glory forever. Amen. Will you please stand for the reading of the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 19, verses 29 through 40. As Jesus came to Bethage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he gave two disciples a task. He said, go into the village over there. When you enter it, you will find tied up there a colt that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If someone asks, why are you untying it? Just say, its master needs it. Those who have been sent found, exa- found it exactly as he had said. As they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, Its master needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their clothes on the colt, and lifted Jesus onto it. As Jesus rode along, they spread their clothes on on the road. As Jesus approached the road, leading down from the Mount of Olives, the whole throng of his disciples began rejoicing. They praised God with a loud voice, because all the mighty things they had seen. They said, Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, scold your disciples. Tell them to stop. He answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones would shout. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious one, this morning we have come to hear your voice. We just ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would help us to see the light at the end of this week. So may the words of our my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable into your sight. Oh Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. It's Palm Sunday. This is the day that Jesus rode triumphantly, prophetically, into Jerusalem. The day he was met by a whole multitude of disciples shouting and praising his name. They were simply overcome by all the deeds of power that they had seen. They were expectant. They were waiting. They were hoping. And Jesus' entry into Jerusalem proclaimed him as a king. Filling Zachariah, fulfilling Zechariah's prophecy that a king would come to God's people, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. As Jesus rode into the city, Luke tells us that the people recognized him for who he was and they spread their cloaks upon the road before him and began shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. If you've ever stood in the crowd at a parade, you know how tangible the excitement is and how you can feel overcome with emotion and the joy of those who surround you. I think we felt some of that today as we sang our loud hosannas. But as joyous as this day is for us, it would have been even more so for the people gathered to welcome Jesus in Jerusalem. Their hope would have been at an all-time high, because finally their King had come, their Deliverer had come. And I long so much to stay here in this moment, I want to pause right here and close the book and wrap myself in the light of this beautiful moment. I think, let's keep celebrating Jesus. Let's just not do the rest of this week. (laughs) Haven't we had enough darkness in the past couple of years for a lifetime? Don't we deserve a week of Palm Sundays in the light of everything? And of course, my desire to stay here comes from my knowledge of what is to come. It's it's an insight that the people in Jesus' day did not have. And though some of us can surrender ourselves to today's celebration and bask in the light of our Savior and join the multitudes of shouting the Hosanna, I struggle to join that jubilant praise. Because lurking in the shadows of this triumphant scene is the harsh reality of what is to come. It is not joy or celebration that ultimately await Jesus in Jerusalem. It is betrayal, pain, suffering, and death. And even as the crowd shouts with joy and prays Jesus' name, I feel it lurking there in the crowd, the sins of betrayal and The unthinkable cruelty. All of these things are written in between the lines of Scripture. They're the unease in the air. And just as joy has captured the crowd's hearts, so will hatred and rejection before the week is out. The light of this day is overshadowed by the darkness that is to come. This week our glad hosannas will fade only to be replaced with crucify him. So it's a tainted celebration, at least for me. And I kind of think it would have been for Jesus, too. I really wonder how Jesus felt in this moment, knowing what he knew. But as conflicting as I find the scene, I also find this moment in Jesus' journey as an instructive one. Because Jesus knows exactly what lies ahead, and still he marches on. He is under no illusions about what the week will hold. He does not think for a moment that this jubilant crowd is signaling a different fate for him. Because every choice he has made has led him to this moment. To returning to Jerusalem and all that it will hold. If any of us knew how this week would end, put ourselves in Jesus' shoes, we would not go to the trouble of persisting in our purpose. Personally, I would have taken a very sharp U-turn on that donkey and headed elsewhere. And yet Jesus holds within himself this tension of what is to come with the joy of the moment. It's perhaps one of the most powerful examples of just how human Jesus really was And just how divine. The imminent suffering, pain, and darkness ahead in Jerusalem are why the light of Christ is so bright at this moment. Think of the six candles we have here shining brightly from the altar. For those of us with the knowledge of what will happen there in Jerusalem, it is an astounding act of faith. Jesus' joy and his pain walk hand in hand, just as in our lives. He inhabits, simultaneously, all of our joy, all of our suffering. He knows it intimately, and he dwells in it willingly. The good news here is that even with all the pain in our world, glimpses, pockets of the kingdom can be made manifest by staying the course just as Jesus does. He is peace in the face of looming violence, humble in the face of praise, dedicated to bearing fruit with the talents left to him. He is a shining example of how to live courageously in a world where both pain and joy are simply the realities of life. This moment in the gospel, Jesus facing a crowd that would in mere hours betray him in the cruelest way, illustrates the depth of God's grace, the links God has and will go to, ex- to, to extend forgiveness to God's people. It is truly breathtaking to me. Yet Jesus chooses to return to Jerusalem, even as the shadow of the cross looms over him. It's really a tale as old as time, or at least a tale as old as scripture. We have seen God return to God's people over and over again, all throughout the Hebrew scriptures and all throughout the New Testament. No matter how many times God is betrayed, God always returns to us, no matter what. Through it all, the the slew of idols, all of that moaning and groaning in the desert, every dark and trying moment of our lives, no matter how far we run from God or how far we fall, our God returns persistently, completely, undeterred by any obstacle, excuse me, with the same message. It's one of, not of guilt, but of grace. Grace. It's not one of sin, but one of forgiveness. It's not one of condemnation, but one of extravagant love. That is the miracle of Holy Week, that no matter what, God has mercy on us and continually forgives us. Our God will stop at nothing not rejection, not pain or suffering, not even death on a cross. God will stop at nothing to show us just how much God loves us. You know, I've always wondered how other Christian denominations, and this is, I'm not talking down anybody, it's just different traditions, but I've always wondered how other Christian denominations can truly celebrate the resurrection of Christ when they don't observe Holy Week. In all honesty, even the denominations like ours that do observe Holy Week see very low attendances at services like Maundy Thursday or Good Friday. And I suspect that that reluctance comes for our our unwillingness to look such evil in the face. The violence that we witness during Holy Week is unthinkable. And it's especially horrifying to realize that The perfect love of God incarnate was treated with such unspeakable brutality. No one wishes to willingly return to Jerusalem and walk in that darkness. But what if we saw the darker parts of the story not as something to shy away from, but as a gift? What if instead of just surviving Holy Week, we embrace its tension and find our story within the story of our Savior? What if we returned to the darkest moments of Christ's life and stood there at the foot of the cross with Him through His suffering and pain, just as He does with us day by day? We know darkness. We know pain and suffering, but we also know that there is light. There is life and joy and hope. There is that is the promise that Jesus symbolically makes in this journey to the cross that God always brings us out of Jerusalem into the light of resurrection. God never denies the storms that we will face, but faces them with us. Our God never feels the pain. Our God feels the pain with us while also calling us to stay the course and bear the light. So my friends, my challenge to you today is to willingly return to Jerusalem knowing exactly what it will mean, knowing exactly what it will cost, just as Jesus did. For God does this out of love, out of forgiveness. Because God is a God of overwhelming mercy. So let us go there with God courageously and live into that light. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let us willingly return to Jerusalem. Let us willingly walk through the darkness for there is nowhere we can go that God will not be there. And God always brings us back into the light. God always wills good from the bad. I send you forth to bring God's peace to God's people. And do not forget that next week our bell choir will also join our choir in celebrating the resurrection. So I hope to see you there. But don't jump from today to next Sunday. That's right. Thursday night at 6.30 we'll have our Tenebrae service of darkness. Walk through the darkness. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We're a good team. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Amen. Amen.